0: Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello there, everyone, and welcome again to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am the tech editor here at howstuffworks.com. And as he often does on these occasions, sitting across from me is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Buongiorno. All right, then. So uh, let's talk politics. Yeah. You know, because that's what we normally talk about here. Right. Tech Tech Stuff stuff
0: is all about the politics, and we're not talking PC versus Mac people, um, although we could talk PC versus Mac people. I mean, I don't have any research on it, but I like John
1: Hodgman. Well, fr- frankly, that that's sort of a political topic too, but right? But uh, it's we not were, what we had in mind. We were
0: really looking at all right. So this. the web is a global entity. Okay, yep. so we're talking about the you know the web is is all over the world, and there are web companies that have a presence now all over the world. Uh, you might. The web has really made it a lot easier to become a multinational global organization. Uh, you know, back in the the uh, the good old days of the 80s, um, you pretty much had to be a mega corporation to have any sort of presence outside of your cu- uh, country of origin. You might have a few sites in, in uh, you know, another country, but um, it was only a few companies that really had a global presence. Well, now with the web, everyone kind of has a global presence.
1: Whether they like it
0: or not. Right, and <laughs> some of these companies don't like it. We'll get to that, but part of the... Uh, the flip side of the coin of having a global presence mm-hmm. is having to deal with global politics. And uh not every country treats the web the same way that we in the West do. Now yep. I say we because you know, I live in the United States. So that's really where my frame of reference is the the way the United States handles the
1: internet and the web. Actually, not even all Western nations handle are, the right. internet that's the same true. way.
0: That's true. That's so, true. So companies that have a uh, presence in various countries, um, especially any anyone that is trying to generate revenue in these countries, uh, they may find that they have to operate under a different set of parameters than they had originally intended. And in some cases, this comes into c- direct conflict with the company's philosophy and um, – I wasn't sure about all the different things you wanted to talk about, but I, I figured the bulk of this conversation would really center around uh, Google and China because it's a great example of how a a multinational company can have some problems within one single country and what could lead to it deciding to no longer do business there.
1: Now, just as a bit of clarification, um, especially for those of you who are catching up on our podcast now, uh, a lot of you like to. You know, when you first tune in, go back and listen to earlier episodes. So as we are recording this, we're actually in the throes of conversation about, uh, what has happened over the past few days in our time, um, with an attack on Google's servers. Apparently, uh, it just came out today, the day we are recording this, that, uh, the attack came from a computer in Taiwan, mm-hmm. um, and what happened was uh, emails containing PDF attachments went out to people uh, from many different organizations. Uh, there are apparently about 33 different companies, uh, including Google, uh, where people, individuals received emails with these PDF attachments. Well, the PDFs were exploiting a zero-day vulnerability, uh, which means unpatched, basically, uh, a hole in the back of the uh, Adobe Acrobat reader code. Mm-hmm. And what that allowed uh, the attackers to do was essentially reroute traffic from the uh, affected computers, with a Trojan, what they call a Trojan horse. It appears as one thing, in this case a PDF, but contains malware. Um, and uh, they were able to take... Um, intellectual property from, in this case, and what we're talking about mainly, Google and, uh, the Gmail servers. Now, um, it, uh, it affected a lot of people, obviously, um, but, uh, Google has been the most outspoken as of this date, um, and said, look, as a result of this, we are not going to comply with the censorship requirements that the Chinese government has put on us, which, is causing a great brouhaha in countries all over the world right now.
0: Right. So to give a little more perspective, China does have some pretty strict restrictions on what the citizens of China can and cannot access. That Um, may be
1: the biggest understatement you've spoken this year.
0: Yeah. All right. So China likes to keep a very firm Grip on what the Chinese citizens are able. China, when I say China, I'm mainly, I'm talking about the shorthand for Chinese government. Yes. So the Chinese government likes to keep a a tight grip on what the citizens can access. Uh, so much so that there is a, a, uh, the great firewall of China. It's something that we all refer to outside of China. Um, the great firewall of China is this, this, uh, firewall that blocks, uh, incoming data. Uh, that the Chinese government doesn 't want citizens to access this ranges from everything from uh, pornography to anything that w- criticizes the uh, the politics and policies of the Chinese government, including things like its position on tibet mm-hmm. um, there yes. are things that are just considered taboo within Chinese culture. that stuff is blocked, and then there 's the stuff that the the government just doesn 't want citizens to to have access to that mm-hmm.
1: gets blocked too yes uh, information like uh, Tiananmen Square. Right as often oh filtered yeah that's out.
0: that's a huge one and yes. so the, um go ahead I,
1: I wanted to point out though just as a as a point of clarification that um the person who wrote this actually came out on Google's blog it was mm-hmm. written by David Drummond, who is the senior vice president and of corporate development and the chief legal officer of Google and he pointed out we don't know whether or not the Chinese government is actually involved with this there's no way to tell right. for sure who is who was the attacker in this case yeah
0: but if you but, read between the lines, it is essentially saying that we can't be certain, but we're, I, you know, I would say I, that I would say that the reasonable interpretation of reading any of the reports suggests that ultimately the Chinese government had something to do with these attacks. Well,
1: put it this way: we haven't mentioned. I, I just realized we haven't mentioned one of the things that might lead them to believe that. Oh, what the, what
0: the information was? Yes,
1: the yes. information actually the the hackers um, were targeting uh accounts of chinese known chinese dissidents you
0: yeah, people who were advocating for human rights within china that w- it was their information and as far as we can tell it wasn't like their emails or their documents or anything it was more just who they were and you know where they were really well and which and, is bad enough
1: so uh, it, it could it Honestly, it could have been somebody who wanted to make it appear as though the Chinese government was behind it. But what motive? But it would also they have? could have been the Chinese government itself. Or
0: what motive would would anyone have to frame the Chinese government? Why would they need that information? I mean, it doesn't make sense. I think
1: it was Lafarge. Oh, was it? He's notorious <sighs> like that.
0: All right, I'm going to take a little moment here and think about pie.
1: Okay. Um, no, so, so uh,
0: I wanted to, to mention here about yes. the um, so the whole Google China event. Google going into China in the first place was kind of a sticky situation. Mm -hmm. The reason being is that Google has an informal motto that says, don't be evil. All right? Mm -hmm. And they define that motto within their investor relations page as meaning a couple of different things. One of the things they mean is that they want to provide their customers with unbiased information. So when you put in a search result in Google, you should get unbiased search results. Right. right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be getting, uh, you know, these are the ones that Google thinks are best or they have a deal with this company and so their search results are going to come back to you and other search results from competing companies won't come back to you. That is against Google's policy. So you should, whenever you put in a search query, you should get unbiased information in return. Their second tenet in don't be evil is to operate within the boundaries of the law. Right. So Google can't do something that's illegal, even if they think that this is quote unquote right. Um, they wouldn't do it because it's against the law. Instead, they would lobby to have the law changed. They would work, you know, in a, in a legal manner to have the, th- whatever it was removed so that they could operate the way they wanted to.
1: Yes. Now, and David and, Drummond has actually made that clear that as of, again, as of the date we're recording this, uh, Google wants to work with the Chinese government to find a way that it can deliver search results. In China without censoring the material.
0: And, yeah. And in if a it can Right. Well, that was the point was that back when Google first got into China, those two tenets of don't be evil were at odds with each other. Yes. Because they could not provide unbiased information to customers in China and operate within the parameters of the law. The two things were at odds. There was no way you could do both at the same time. You could either do it illegally where you're providing uncensored search results, which would just mean that the Chinese would eventually filter out your site and no one would have access to it anyway, or you would have to play ball with the Chinese government and filter your search results to remove any links to things that the Chinese government deemed uh, inappropriate for the citizens to see. So there was no way that they could follow their own motto by going into business in China. But – at the same time, they said, you know, we think that being able to provide some information is better than not being able to provide any information. So we're willing to take a chance and operate within China, see what happens, and if the situation goes for the worse, then we will reevaluate our position within China. And that's
1: kind of what seems to have happened over this past week. And uh, it should be pointed out, too, that uh, China is not exactly a small market for Internet users.
0: No, there are – at one report I saw states that there are around 350 million people who use the web on a regular basis in China, and that number is growing. Yes. And that's actually getting to the point where it's it's eclipsing the United States.
1: That's, um, it's no small market. No. So it's, it's going to be hard for people like Microsoft and Yahoo and just Google walk away, to right? walk away and ignore them.
0: Now, on the flip side of that coin, you could argue that Google itself is not a big player within the search engine space in China, which is true. Now, in, in the United States, Google has the majority of the market share in search. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like 60-something percent. It's crazy amount of uh, – considering how many companies are out there that provide search. Right, right. In China, it is, I think, in third or fourth place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Chinese government uh, –
1: uh, Well, it's an organization that is friendly with the Chinese government. I'm not sure that it's state-sponsored. Right, but OK. It, but
0: there's – yeah, there's a search engine – that within China uh, it's
1: cooperative <laughs>
0: yes yeah, cooperative with the government that is in the number one space which
1: is called Baidu yeah,
0: right so Baidu is number 1 in China uh, google is is trailing behind Baidu but
1: is catching up uh, i have seen reports that it is made it is made up some ground
0: however some people have pointed out that since google isn't the number one uh, they don't have the same kind of stock in China that they would in other countries it's easier for them to pull up stakes and leave because they're not abandoning a huge market the way they were they would be if they were in the United States. So the question is, if Google were the number 1 search engine in China and this had happened, would Google still make the same move of saying, mm-hmm. you know what, you have violated our trust. Uh we weren't really sure about this or, this uh situation in the first place when we came in here, we're going to leave. Would they be able to do that if they were number 1? Would they be able to 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 say goodbye to all that money? Uh part of that question is hard to answer just because Google has to answer to shareholders. Yes. And shareholders as a whole, I don't mean to paint all shareholders with the same brush because I know it's not the case, but there's there's kind of a a general rule of thumb which is that shareholders are willing to put up with a lot if it means that they're going to get a return on their investment. Yes. And that may even mean say, you know what, I understand that this violates principles that you hold dear but at the same time we're making lots of money yeah so as long as we're able to make that money we will you know just kind of look the other way on the whole human rights issues and censorship issues um i don't know if google would have been able to walk away and google let me be clear at the time we're recording this google hasn't walked away yet not yet um but they have said that they are willing to pull up stakes and leave the country if they are not able to come to some sort of agreement with the chinese government and the chinese government for its part, so far has said, we're not in the wrong here. We have these rules. Google, you either obey these rules or you don't work within our country. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a standoff right now. We have to see whether or not Google is going to make good on its threat to, to leave. Uh, I'm very curious to see how this affects the landscape in China if Google were to leave and actually the global landscape really when you yes. think about it.
1: Well, there was an article in the New York Times too that uh, – it's very very curious because the Chinese people are aware – that something is going on with Google, but they are unaware that it revolves around any arguments surrounding free speech. Sure. Um, well, that's what happens when your speech is controlled. Right, right. Um, but there has been um, an outpouring of sympathy for Google. People have been coming to the, the headquarters in Beijing and leaving flowers and candles and other mementos. Uh, so, you know, just all kinds of... People have been dropping by, mm-hmm. which is not something that I would necessarily expect to see uh, for the third or fourth place um, uh, you know, search engine in China. I have the feeling that some people may know more than they may be letting on.
0: Well, it is known that there are plenty of people in China who are using various services to get around the firewall and mm-hmm. are accessing information that is verboten in uh, in China. Um, there are plenty of people who are using proxy servers and things like that in order to get access to, to more information than they otherwise would, uh, be allowed to, to see. So some of that might be, uh, coming into play. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to say without no, without being there and knowing the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Like we can't, for instance, we don't know if Google's motives are really pure. We don't know if Google has been looking for a while to get out of China and this Latest incident is kind of acting as a springboard so that they can. It's Even kind of like an excuse. A, yeah, it's like an unforeseen exit strategy. Like, oh, Aha. yay! Let's take it, take this opportunity to get the heck out of Dodge. Um, we don't know if uh, if other companies are going to follow suit. I mean, one thing about Google leaving China is right now it's like the best move they can make because they are not number one. They're not. They're not going to lose a huge amount of revenue by getting out of China right now. But they are going to get a huge PR boost by saying, look, we're going to do what's right because we either want to provide uncensored search results or we don't want to work there at all. That's like a really nice high moral ground to, that you can you can cling to. And uh, whether or not it's genuine is kind of beside the point. It's a huge PR win for Google. So it puts pressure on other American companies uh, and other international companies, companies like Yahoo and Microsoft. That still operate within China and are still operating under China's rules, mm-hmm. um, saying like, "Well, now these companies have to ask the question: Do we stay in China, uh, playing b- playing the playing ball with the Chinese government, continuing to obey the rules of censorship, and uh, and and accept the fact that that's going to be awful PR back in the rest of the world? Uh, but we'll do it." You know, we'll make that sacrifice because there's all that money over there. Right. Or are they going to say, you know what, we're going to pull up stakes, too, because the heat is too high. Or maybe even they genuinely feel that the business they're doing in China is ultimately more harm than good. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't want to paint all of these these executives as being these cold-hearted calculating money grubbing kind of jerks yeah. um, I don't know any of them personally some of them may feel legitimately conflicted about doing business in China um, and maybe they are taking the time to really reevaluate their positions as well mm-hmm. I honestly don't know um, I I operate under assumptions and stereotypes the way everyone else does so I think of them as cold calculating money grubbing jerks <laughs> but I'm I hope I'm wrong. It would be great if I were wrong. I don't – here's the real problem. Ultimately, okay. I don't know – even if they were to all pull up stakes and leave, I don't know that that would put any leverage on the Chinese government whatsoever to make any kind of changes.
1: It is It is conceivable that their uh, their argument that – By doing work in China, they can gradually change the mind of the government to allow more free speech and allow more flexibility. And and we've seen some
0: evidence of that over Mm -hmm. the last few years. I mean that – it's not like China hasn't allowed any kind of outside access. Uh, But they have been very, very cautious of it. And some of that is cultural Mm -hmm. where it's just that they want to protect the Chinese culture and some of it is very political. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it will be – yeah. I mean, I, I think if even if all the American companies that have anything to do with intellectual property pulled out of China right now, I'm not sure that China would really care that much yet. Yeah. Um, in some ways, China would, Chinese government would want to react because it's all about saving face in the global environment. Yeah. So, but in, even in that case, it's more about Saving face—it's not about necessarily doing what's right. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: We know another uh, situation, another political situation that involves technology that uh, that revolves around protecting corporate interests uh, uh-huh. was net neutrality. Yes. Um, and I was reading just uh, just today that that Skype has weighed in. There, there's still no decision on uh, – official decision on net neutrality. But uh, Skype actually filed a brief with the FCC not too long ago, actually in January 14, 2010, um, basically saying – sort of coming down somewhere in the middle, saying it would uh, – neutra- net neutrality would promote investment, uh, jobs, and innovation. Uh, that's a quote. Um, but Skype also sees the need to protect uh, network – Infrastructure and for uh, companies, uh, internet service providers to throttle bandwidth, uh, block programs if necessary or de- degrade performance um, in order to pre- preserve the uh, network in tra- integrity and make sure that they're able to provide equitable service. Of course, they were also quick to point out that their application has been optimized to, you know, make as minimal an impact on the network as possible. Right, because it's all peer-to-peer. Right. So, uh, you know. It's it's all sort of relative, but uh, that that battle has been hot and heated between the the people who say I don't want I, I want to be able to access everything equally um, here in the United States on my internet service provider. I don't care. I don't want it censored. I don't want it throttled. I don't want it blocked. I don't want it you know yeah no want, tapered off. No I, I preferential
0: don't want, treatment for one versus the other.
1: Meanwhile, some of the internet service providers are saying, look, you know, if we can make a deal with a content provider. Um, you know, to help provide better service for our customers as a whole, we're willing to give them a little bit extra bandwidth. Uh, you know, or we're going to throttle your such a slope. connection because yeah, you know, you are one of the 0.05 percent who uses most of our bandwidth because you download movies all the time. You Maybe BitTorrent is not just used to download movies. No, it can be used to download anything. Right, but um, but you know, yeah, people the- who I. The, I was just people, making an example but no, you're no, right. No, yeah, BitTorrent yeah. can be used to download anything, legal or illegal, illegal. Yeah, the problem is large that or small. the problem
0: is that there are a lot of people who do use it for illegal purposes sure. and so that gets a bad rap, a bad for, rap that. for that. And you know what, I'm sure if I looked at the full list of all people who use BitTorrent, it would probably be a sizable percentage that uses it for illegal purposes, at least occasionally, if not regularly. Um, well, it's a
1: very effective uh, method for delivering files, right. whether they're legal or illegal.
0: But yeah, if you were to just automatically throttle all BitTorrent activity, then exactly. that would, would really affect... hurt people who are using it for legitimate means Absolutely. to distribute very large files. Yes. I um, mean, if
1: you were using it for work purposes in your house and you needed to share files with other people in your office, Yep. Um, you know, in your... Th- your bandwidth is being throttled by somebody else, uh, who uses even more bandwidth than you and you're being lumped in with them. Sure. You know, you're going to be a little outraged by that. I would yeah. Think.
0: So, we're seeing a lot of web companies weigh in on this discussion. So yeah. this is another uh, good good example of web companies in politics. I mean Google has been extremely vocal in the whole net neutrality argument. Mm-hmm. And uh, then of course we've also seen ISPs and, and uh, like cell phone carriers in particular sure. argue the opposite side, saying things like, hey, we just want to be able to give the best service and get lots of money and charge twice for the same content delivery system. A- again, they are, are also trying –
1: They're also trying to provide value to their stockholders. Yes. um,
0: Stockholders are, as we have determined already, the most evil people on the planet. Thank you very much. I own stock, by the way. (laughs) I also have plans for a Death Star. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm just saying. I thought of it that way, but now that you mention it, yeah. No, no, no. I don't really mean that. Uh, I don't really mean that stockholder is necessarily evil. Stockholder (laughs) is not necessarily evil. You're going to get emails. They're just mostly evil. no, no, I really, I really honestly don't believe that, but there are a lot of people who hold a lot of shares who do sacrifice, uh, the, you know, they'll make sacrifices on, on principles in order to make more money. And there are people who abuse ISP networks too. Right, sure. Absolutely. And then of course there are plenty of shareholders out there who, who argue for the other way. They, yeah. they argue that no, we need to do the responsible thing and yes, it may mean That we don't earn as much in the short term, but in the long term, we'll make much larger returns on our investments. So it makes more sense for planning out years in advance. So unless you're planning on cacking it in the next couple of years and you're just looking for some money to blow on all the big parties you're going to have before you kick it in 2012, really not a big deal.
1: All right, then. Yeah, I, I, I don't nothing. really have any other political well, things that I was and, thinking and of specifically.
0: We know we we talked a lot about Google and China in particular, but that's well, the big one right now. It's a big one right now, and it's a very good example of how a web company can encounter some really sticky situations once they enter into a country that has a totally different culture and political system than the one that spawned that company.
1: Well, actually, I was uh, I'm not to get not to get into this in depth, but um, the other big political. Uh, Battle being fought is you know over intellectual property sure. and copyright law, right. um, and that's that's sort of what's going on. And it's not exactly the same thing, but it's sort of what's going on with the, the Chinese situation because these things are are new. They're, the technologies are have only been around for a couple decades um, to the point where everyone has adopted them in in, in sure. large numbers. Um, they're p- proposing new issues for governments to have to deal with, and you know I think. There will be massive changes in government over time, but right now they are are producing some serious thorny issues that have never had to be addressed before.
0: Yeah, and we can guarantee that we'll keep our eye on this situation. And uh, if you guys want to hear us have discussions on really timely issues, like uh, this this podcast in particular is more about the general issues of of web companies and and, uh, politics, and we use the China – Google thing as an example. But if you want to hear us talk more about this sort of stuff in a timely fashion, I highly recommend you check out Tech Stuff Live, which we do every week. It's on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. And you can actually access the older episodes of Tech Stuff Live. There's a Ustream channel that archives all of them. You can also see our other live programs, uh, archived versions of our live programs, Uh, not just Tech Stuff, but Stuff You Should Know. And there will be others to follow in the future. So – Plus, I,
1: we uh, we write about these things too on our blogs, yes, uh, blogs.houseofworkshop.com, uh, and um, you know we're, we're able to address those a little bit more timely fashion.
0: Right. So, if you find these kind of discussions interesting, and if you want to participate in these discussions, we highly recommend you visit the blogs. There are areas to comment on the blogs, and uh, we definitely like to have that kind of involvement and that that deep conversation start. Because uh, clearly, I mean, we have our own opinions, but uh, but we know that all of you out there have your opinions. Some of you may have lived in in countries like China and have a unique perspective on the issue, and you're probably screaming right now. I want to add my voice to the conversation. Uh, the blogs are a good place to do that. And, of course, you can always write us. You can email us at our uh, wonderful email address, techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. This has been a, an interesting discussion. It's one of the heavier com- topics that yeah, we've tackled. Definitely. But um, after talking about our favorite tech movies and Easter eggs, I felt that You're we probably do. Yeah, we were due for some something that had a little more substance to it. I thought. Yeah. So uh, definitely email us. Uh, check out our blogs, and Chris and I will talk to you again really soon.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new TechStuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage.
0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything.